going you imitators episode 40 with kurt neal we made it to 40 yeah it was a it was a fun one we talked we talked a lot about comedy we talked about sketch we talked about um this movie will require dinosaurs it's uh the book he wrote um you're gonna you're gonna hear all about it all about uh his humble beginnings and um all the Oregon, the Oregon Trail that he blazed to get, to get here. I'm leaving it in. I don't care. Um, uh, let's see. What else? Comment, um, question on facebook.com slash Yamatat with Doug Culp. Uh, rate, review on iTunes and Stitcher, whichever platform you're listening on. Um, our apartment comedy show. Still, uh, I, I think we're just going to book it. I think we're just going to book it, and then uh, if you book it, they will come. I mean, if we learned anything from Wind's World 2. Uh, did we learn anything from Wind's World 2? Twitter. Uh, my Twitter's at Dougathan, D-O-U-G-A-T-H-A-N, and the show's Twitter's at Yamatat. So enjoy Yam It Up with me and Kurt Neal. This homemade air conditioner going. It's a little bit of a nice. background noise, but uh, yeah, yeah it's it's good. good. Yeah. Uh, what's the? I, I didn't research. What do you have any specific thing you do? I mean, we just kind of talk, and then uh, just feels like an episode when it's an episode. Nice. Cool. Yeah. Some yeah. people have like themes. Yeah, oh yeah. They're like, okay, so we talk about cars Star, on this podcast. Star Wars only. Hope you love cars and Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> this picture I got yesterday before the show started. This crew guy just like. <laughs> felt bad posting that yesterday for some reason today. I'm fine with it. <laughs> it's already done. Piano. Hmm? Piano. Oh wow, I didn't even see that. Oh yeah, that's great. It's okay. It's alright. Oh. Yeah, it works, right? There it goes. Yeah, it's actually doing a trick. Yeah. Do you have like. There's bottles of frozen water in there. That's insane. So then you I got. You made that yourself. Yeah, well, I, uh. Yeah, I made it myself. YouTube taught me how. Oh, sure. And then, yeah, the YouTube was like, just get one of those that's like, just spouts out. And I was mm-hmm. like, I can do you one better. So I got like the, yeah. 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 Smart. Good for you. <laughs> when it gets really, really hot, necessity is the mother of invention. Yeah. And uh, she birthed that. Yeah. <laughs> that's great. Um, you know what? I will take another drink too. All right. I'm just going to burn through this too fast and I'll go hot. What would you like? What was the list again? What were my options? Water, nothing to do, wild cherry pepper too. Where do you sleep? In here. That's my bed. I'm up the, it's folded up like 
foam Just mat. A little mat. Yeah. Jeez. I mean, I don't. Uh, I don't need much. Don't really. Yeah. There's not really space for a bed either. Mm -hmm. It doesn't bother me though, because the ground is comfortable. Yeah. Like I, uh, so I'm divorced. Okay. Yeah. And in the divorce, like we had a we had a California king size bed, mm -hmm. which is bigger than any one ever needs. Yeah, it's huge. Ever. Like, yeah. Unless you're like thirteen hundred pounds, like you don't need a California king size bed. All right. And um. So her friends, who are a couple, needed a new bed. Mm -hmm. And when the separation was happening, she was like, "Is it okay if I give them the bed?" And I was like, "Yeah, it's fine. Like whatever." And, um, you know, I just started sleeping on the floor. Mm. It was awesome. Yeah. And shortly after the separation, I bought this guy. And, uh... Yeah, it's great. Dude, it's awesome. Portable electric acoustic baby grand piano. Mm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I'm starting to feel like maybe... I've had, like, slowly uh, worsening back issues. Sometimes I feel like, like a big soft bed is, like, bad for it. Like when I was home, I went home to Oregon for like almost three weeks and I did a lot of like jumping around, seeing other people. So I'd sleep in like, like I was with my family for a week in like Bend, so we had like a house. Yeah, my parents had a house, I loved Bend. So I was in like a nice bed and I would be uncomfortable like every morning and I'd have to like stretch, do these stretches to like oh. alleviate some of the pain. And then when I was in Portland, I was just like crashing with friends, so I basically spent three nights on couches and yeah. I didn't have a, a minute of back pain. Nice. And then as soon as I get back home to my parents' place, the first night, in like a real big bed, I woke up in like terrible pain again. Wow. <laughs> not terrible, but like pain. Excruciating. It's weird. <laughs> I'm f and it's not like the, the couch is necessarily stiffer than a bed, but I'm thinking maybe like the forced uh, like restriction, the forced like, you got oh, like one option. Yeah, your body's like, all right, this is our life now. Whereas I think <laughs> naturally, once I'm asleep, I have a tendency to just like... I'm like curl over and I'm always Sprawl moving, out. so I end up in a weird position. <laughs> Where in the couch you pretty much you're either here or you're like on the side. Yep. So I think because of that, I think about the first thing. Thank you. So I think because of that, I'm like <laughs> Yeah. Help. When, and when you're laying on the ground, it's like, oh well, I'll be uh laying on my back. Or on one side or yeah. the other side. Yeah. You lay on your stomach, but dude your stomach would destroy you. <laughs> I used to sleep on my stomach. For years. I think so did I. I think that's what contributed to the, to to the, the issues thing? now. I think it's slowly... Well, I, my my theory now is, at least, because I've always had a little bit of curvature of the spine. Okay. So when I'm on my stomach, it just like... Curves a it little like, more. It like accentuates the, the, the curve. Makes Whereas your body go, is my, this what you want? If is I'm on my back, want? it kind of like, it like yeah. flattens it out for at least a moment. <laughs> so anytime I wake up and I was on my stomach, I'm just like... <sighs> It's the worst pain. <laughs> it's the worst pain ever. Uh, yeah. Dude, so that was a killer show last night. Yeah. Um, it was fun. Like the the meltdown show obviously went a lot better, but it didn't like I wasn't like disappointed in how it went last night. Yeah. It's just the space thing. Yeah, there's a lot of space in there. It's too big, <laughs> and I didn't really think about it. Um, but now uh, I'm realizing I think the nature of the difference in space is what's the difference like the, just the very like low ceiling limited space of meltdown like yeah i don't know made it more intimate Whereas and it was like space was just it was much. way more full at meltdown right 
Was it? Probably. Maybe. I don't know. Again, same thing. Like, it looked more empty because it was a bigger space. It was bigger, yeah. But I don't think there was more than 40 to 50 people at Meltdown. Okay. And there was probably at least 40 there last night. Yeah. So, um, so there was, like, Comedy Central people in the crowd? I think so. So what did, what were they, were they there to be like, hmm, this could be marketable? Oh, or yeah, like, well, I mean, I think that's <laughs> the nature of that space in general. They put shows there, so, like, they have, like, there's always, exact there's stuff. always, like, more than a shitty open mic or, imp like, like, improv class show. That, like, there's always, like, a, a decent production going there. Yeah. So people can come and go from Comedy Central if they want and see an interesting piece maybe do that but I mean I think it's also um, like my manager was there and she like definitely like put out like, oh, a blast stuff, like yeah. hey my guy's doing this show come check it out and at the very least like if people couldn't make it she's like okay well no worries we'll send you over a copy of the book it's like a just like a fucking <laughs> shit stuff and that's just how it all goes and who knows like I'll probably never hear from half of them ever yeah. But it's just like, like it's just a never ending like thing of like constantly like meeting a person and then seeing a show and it's, that's just the fucking It's the cog that's the routine. It's the, uh, yeah. The machine. Yeah, exactly. So who knows? And you just do that for forty years and then all of a sudden <laughs> one day someone's like, Okay, yeah, okay, let's <laughs> take the show. And then you get it to the machine. Hey man, it's all horseshit. Forty years, uh, you got to get those uh, uh, twenty twenty thousand hours. Yeah, I've been here for eight years, and it's like just now, like <laughs> okay, maybe I think I'm I got a career starting. Mm. <laughs> That's awesome. So you moved down from Oregon. Yeah, this is good stuff. You want to save this for the? Oh, we're recording. Are we? Yeah. Oh, I had no idea. Yeah. <laughs> With what? This? No, no, no. That uh, this this is my. Oh wife. man. <laughs> You just tricked me. <laughs> we recorded all that. Gotcha. Dude, I'm calling my lawyer. <laughs> false. False pretenses. Um, yeah, if, I'm from If Oregon. there's anything that you want to like cut out of that first part, then I will. But. As long as you keep the moment where I decided I did want a Mountain Dew. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Then that's all I can do. <laughs> um, yeah, so Oregon... Yeah, I'm from Oregon. Ben, from Bend? No, I just love Bend. Bend's my favorite place in Oregon. I'm from the Eugene area. Uh, I say that because no one's heard of Pleasant Hill, Oregon. Eugene's the capital, right? No. Salem, Oregon. Oh, okay. Very comparable towns, cities. Very comparable in um, population. population. I think for a while we kind of went back and forth between who was number... It was a contest. I think new, number two and number three uh, population in the state. Portland's number one by far. Oh, yeah. Okay. And then Salem and Eugene, I think, would kind of... I think I could be wrong. Really At least I knew that Portland wasn't the capital. I knew that yeah, that's that. smart. Yeah, a lot of people would assume Portland is. Yeah. And I kind of don't know why it isn't. It's not like <laughs> Salem... Just U move it. It's not like Salem <laughs> used to be a bigger, booming city. Like, <laughs> Portland, because of the port nature of the yeah. of the city, like, yeah. I'm sure it was always the biggest, yeah. most because popular city. Because the port city. and, like, all those, all those hipsters there. Yeah, like, that's... I guess that's the nature of most states. It's never the major, like, never Sacramento. Big, yeah. Fuck Sacramento. <laughs> Why is Sacramento the capital? Sacramento sucks. It does. It does. Why does but, that um, yeah, I'm from Pleasant Hill, Oregon. So it's a suburb of... Yeah, but barely. Not really. Like, it's 
it's just the fucking middle of nowhere. It's technically not a town. It's just an area uh, where there was like enough people living that they required a school district and a fire department. <laughs> but we're still not an official town, so there's no official population. There's no like actual like government of any kind. We have one blinking yellow light. That's the only like traffic light we have. Wow. It's a small fucking place. You miss that place? I love it. <laughs> I miss I miss what it was. I miss I miss the uh, like the vibe and like mm-hmm. just my life growing up. If I went back there now, it would be awful. Yeah. I love visiting and I go for a week. Right. Live with my parents. Like my mom just feeds me. I see friends. I can go see like old high school teachers and coaches and stuff. Yeah. I love coming back for no more than a week at a time. <laughs> but then I gotta get the hell out of there. <laughs> I could live in Bend for sure. Bend is great. <laughs> Bend's like a really fun town and it's close enough to home so I can still do the same thing I'm yeah. talking about. Yeah. But much easier. <laughs> is Bend more of a uh oh, trying to compare it to this area, uh the It's like, like a, a North Hollywood, like, um... I don't even know if you could pair it to any part of actual, like, L.A. County. But, like, um, feel-based, not... Yeah. Like, yeah, because you could compare Burbank to, like, um, oh, it's like a suburban town. Sure, like, you could, like, I could see it as parts of, like, like, um, what is it? What's that old part of, like, South Pasadena? What's that old part of Pasadena? Um, <laughs> it's got like a really cool vibe with like old brick buildings and it's all very cheesy and, and like fake, but it's it's very similar. Like I can't even think of an area I could compare it to. It's just a nice, perfect middle ground, for me at least, between like this tiny nothing of a small town I grew up in yeah. and like a big city like Portland. So it's like, like, it's a, like somewhere in the middle. It's like suburbs. Yeah, it's a suburb, you're yeah. right. It's it's just a classic suburb, but it's just like it's got like a really hip, like booming, like um, microbrew uh, okay. thing going. There's a bunch of breweries. So there's a like lot of microbreweries, but there's also a lot of big national breweries. There, like Deschutes is a big brewery I see everywhere yeah. in LA. Um, there's a couple others that are that are from around there. So it's like North San Diego County. Sure, have I have no there? idea what that means, <laughs> but yes, <laughs> completely yes. There's like there's like a string of like four or five cities in North County that like. If you if you live there, then you're like, okay, we're about forty minutes from San Diego, okay, forty minutes from Orange County, yeah, and um, there's uh, Stone is down there, Stone yeah, Stone Brewery, Brewery. yeah, yeah, um, and then yeah, there's like a, a couple like hip, more hip spots where yeah. people are like, you live in Vista, dude. Carlsbad, man. We've got to live in Carlsbad. Carlsbad. <laughs> Carlsbad is a great name of a town. I'd love to be from Carlsbad. Um, yeah, it's great. Oregon's great. I love Oregon with all my heart. That's just me. What's the Oregon State theme song? Go ahead. We don't have a theme. No states have theme songs. Come on. I know the fight song for the university uh, by tone only. I don't know if there's words. That University of Oregon, the Ducks, that's in Eugene. 
Okay. So that's like that was that's the only thing I, that's the closest thing I've ever had to like a team. Because all we have in Oregon is the Portland Trailblazers, the NBA team, mm-hmm. and I'm still a fan of theirs. But other than that, the only team I ever really had was the Oregon Ducks. <laughs> I went to get I went to at least one game every year for my whole life until I left Oregon. What sport was that? That's football. Okay. But they have I mean they have all sports. Yeah. That's where like Nike was created. Do you know that? In Portland or in Oregon? Eugene. Oh. The headquarters are in a suburb of Portland, Beaverton. But it was created in Eugene when Steve Prefontaine, the old track star from the 70s, yeah, yeah. he ran for the University of Oregon. Whoa. And like they like developed this new shoe, like for Prefontaine. No way. Because he was like a huge, like, he was like the biggest celebrity in the world. And that's, that's where the, the swoosh came from and everything, mm-hmm. yeah? Whoa. There was a story that just happened. Some guy in Eugene like bought a house that used to belong to some like big Nike exec years ago, years and years ago. Bought the house, wanted to do some different wanted to change some shit. So he was doing some excavating in the backyard. And they basically dug up like all of these old prototype Nike shoes. What? Like never used, never released Nike prototypes. The guy had just like dumped and buried. Because <laughs> they were it, this was so long ago. It's like, and, no one can ever see this. Well no, it was so long ago. It was like at least the seventies. And he was so, it was up on this hill, and there weren't good roads to get up to this place. So they didn't even have, like, a proper, like, trash service at the time. So that's what they did with their fucking trash. They just, like, dug a big hole and buried it. So they were doing this activity, and they found all these crazy old, like, Nike shoes. So they they sold them on eBay and, like, made a bunch of money off just, like, these, like, dirt-covered garbage shoes. Pre-Fontaine probably wore. Really cool. Pre-Pre-Fontaine. Yeah, pre 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 um, that whole burying, just burying the trash reminds me of, uh, in, in North San Diego County, there's a city called San Marcos. Okay. And there's a little sub city. It kind of feels like, um, one of those like happy towns in one of the, in the movies sure. where you go in and you're like, this is creepy. I need to leave. It's too creepy how nice it is. Too, yeah. yeah. Too perfect. It was built on a landfill. Huh. So like this really nice town where all these really expensive houses are. They're all on top of trash. (laughs) Just waiting to drop into all this trash. So let me get this straight. You're not from North San Diego County? Right. Correct. (laughs) That's why you know everything about it. But I I lived there for eight and a half years. Okay, yeah. So, uh, but I was born in Northern California in the Bay Area. We moved to Reno, Tulsa, Santa Maria, and then Northern Kentucky. This is all with your family or your ex-wife? Family, yeah. And then uh, me and my ex-wife, we were only we were together for like, we were married for under two years, mm-hmm. and uh, no, under a year. What am I talking about? But was that the worst experience of your life? It was getting divorced. Oh no, that was the best. That was the best part. <laughs> yeah. Oh, the actual marriage part was terrible. Yeah. Interesting. I guess that's why that's a good reason to get divorced. You were miserable. Yeah, yeah, it was really bad. Like the whole time we were together, like I wasn't inspired to do anything. Yeah. And I do stand-up, but the whole time we were together, from, like, meeting her, dating, married, and then the end of it, it was about two and a half years. Okay. And in that whole span, I only did stand-up, like, twice. Jeez. Yeah. And I wasn't, I wasn't, yeah, and I wasn't writing music, like, nothing (laughs) was coming to me, and I was like, what the hell? Why'd you marry the bitch? I mean, it was... Can I call her a bitch? Does she listen to your podcast? Yeah, you can. She won't. She'll never hear this. She's a bitch. (laughs) That's what I used to tell you. I used to say all the time, bitch of a bitch. The bitch of a bitch, bitch. If nobody, that's fun. See, because hopefully nobody knows what I'm talking about. So it's, yeah. I can just call this woman a bitch. 
get away with it. So what happened was we started dating and like there was like no chemistry. So I proposed. So I proposed <laughs> that day. Um, no, but there was like emotional like um, we had a lot of things in common and and uh, so I'm one of the we're one of the we're Mormons. Oh sure. So. Uh, as that, like, you don't, like, do it before. Right. Yeah. So, uh, like a dumb idiot, I was like, uh, I mean, like, surely, like, after we're married and, like, we're, like, doing it and stuff, like, the, awesome. the chemistry will come and it'll oh, be great. Oh, like, sure. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and it didn't. It's a dumb, dumb, Does that happen stupid... a lot with Mormons? I hope not, man. Like, it's... Is everybody pretty serious about not until marriage? I mean, yeah, like... Because, I, I, obviously, like, Christians and Catholics have that, too, but people break that all the time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I bet it's less common. And it's not, I mean, it's not, like, the end of the world if it's broken. Sure. Right? But, like, um, but, yeah, so, like, a dumb idiot, I was just like, yeah, yeah, the chemistry will be there, and it never was, ever. And so, yeah. it just, like, sank deeper so and deeper. So, worse and worse once you realized, oh, oh yeah. this doesn't make it better. Oh, oh, I'm trapped here forever <laughs> now? Yeah. See, now, is that common in Mormons? With Mormons? like Getting trapped? Well, once they're out married, they realize, oh, shit, never mind. Is, is divorce... I mean, op- it's about it, as it, common as with uh, not Mormons, Is it too. super frowned upon? It's... I mean, it's not encouraged, but, like, like it, if but... if the shit is shitty, like, get out of that shit. Yeah. Well, I had a friend, like... Well, yeah, she'll probably never hear this. Like, I have... Say her full name. I have some family friends. uh, One of my dad's good friends, (laughs) like, from before he was married. Uh, So once they they both got married and started to have kids, like, the families hung out a lot. Like, we were... I'm the middle of three boys, and then the friend, this other guy, he had four girls. And age-wise, we, the three of us boys, like, fit right in the middle of the four girls. Yeah, okay. So it was fun. So we, like, would get along like it was... It was fun kids' time. We hung out with them all the time. And don't they were all don't leave you friends. guys alone. Yeah, right? Um, <laughs> but they're Mormons as well. Huh. And, yeah, I hope she doesn't hear this. Well, who knows? She's the only one that would know I'd be talking about her. Um, <laughs> she got married, and then very quickly into the marriage, like, found out the dude, like, had, like, a serious, like, porn addiction. And she was gone. She divorced him right there. Whoa. So it's a similar situation, I think, where, like, because you're not, like, sexually active or physically intimate with this person before you get married there's a lot of shit that can come up once you're married and you do take that next physical step yeah. it's like oh shit wait a minute oh whoa whoa I actually just don't even like sex <laughs> who knows what could come up Ugh. Uh, but that's interesting but I love Mormons Mormons are cool yeah. every Mormon I've known is like really awesome We're, uh, but you're like the fr- that's interesting because you're the first Mormon I've ever met in comedy Oh, yeah, it's not... That seems very rare. We're not common in comedy, I guess. Are you, like... Could you very easily be, like, the world's number one Mormon comedian? Oh, yeah. Because you're the only one? uh, Yeah. (laughs) Are there other Mormon comics? No, there was... There's this one... um, I can't remember his name right now, but he was on um, a live episode of... uh, You Made It Weird with Pete Holmes at one of the comedy festivals. And he is... um, but, yeah, I can't remember his name, but he's Mormon. He's like, good? I was like, oh, yeah. yeah. So interesting. So what do you guys think about Book of Mormon? The musical? Yeah. Um, I want to see it. 
I wanted to you see what you'll, you... you'll assume you'll like it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Even though they're, like, dude, making fun of the whole thing? Dude, Matt Stone and Trey Parker, first of all, <laughs> um, they're great. Sure. And also, like, you can't take yourself too seriously in this Good. life. Because if you do, then, like, just stop. Stop yeah. it. Yeah, stop. And, um, yeah, so it, it sounds hilarious. Well, I always love, they had an episode before the Book of Mormon, they had an episode yeah. about Mormons. And, like, this Mormon family moves into town. Yeah. <laughs> and it's that whole thing. They keep cutting away to, like, the story of Joe, of John, Smith. Of Joe Smith. And it's like a musical, and they're singing songs. Dum, 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 but dum, dum, exactly. And the whole time they're just making fun of it completely. Like, look how stupid this whole thing is. But what I loved the most about the episode is at the very end, when all this, like, thing, like, whatever, Stan, whoever, is, like, becoming friends with the Mormon kid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then everyone else is, like, making fun of the Mormons. I'm like, why are you friends with this Mormon kid, Stan, yeah. you idiot? Stan's, like, confused. Like, what? I just like them. They're my friends. Yeah. So finally Stan gives in, too, and he's like, all right, screw you guys. You guys are weird. I'm out of here. Yeah. But then the Mormon kid has this, like, great speech about, like, okay, yeah, I know it's a little weird, and I know it's probably, like, stupid, but whatever, like, we're happy. We're a happy family <laughs> yeah. because of this. So, yeah. like, who are you to judge? I'm like, that's perfect. <laughs> yeah. What a great message. Like, who cares how weird the origins are? Like, us, like, following this, like, <coughs> makes us happy, so go to hell. And that's what I love about it. Like, I'm not a religious person, yeah. and most people I know in comedy aren't religious people. Know, almost all of them. Um, but when I hear them, like, just go to town on religious people and how stupid they are, I'm yeah. like, whatever, go to hell. Yeah, like... All my friends back home that are religious people and, like, follow the rules and, like, oh, my gosh, how dare you get a job and get married and have kids? What an idiot. <laughs> what a miserable life you must have. I'm like, No. Who cares if they're, like, following this formula? They're happy. Yeah. They're satisfied. Who cares if you think they're brainwashed? They're happier than you, you idiot. You should be, you should wish you that brainwashed. They're like, oh, they call that happy? Yeah. They don't know what happy they're is. Not, they're not doing what they love. Okay, so you're a miserable failure trying to do what you love? That makes you better? What the hell? I just, I just think everyone can go to hell. But I also like everyone. I'm in a weird, I'm in a weird middle ground. I get along with everyone, but everyone can go to hell. It's like, dude, that was a really good show last night. Thanks, thanks, man. You can go to hell. Thanks, thanks man. Uh, go to hell, dude. I'm sick of your positivity. But you're my best friend. But seriously, quit encouraging me so much. Yeah, you fucking asshole. I think what it is, I think about this a lot. Like, some of my closest friends and people I enjoy the most I can't fucking stand everything they do online like everyone's like Twitter or Instagram persona or oh, the, yeah. the things they post about it just annoys the shit out of me and I go fuck this person but then when I see them in person they're like the best and I just love their company I'm like just stop doing stop posting all those pictures your fucking cat or yourself or whatever you do that annoys me or your, or your meals your outfit this week like I don't fuck off <laughs> Uh, but then when I see my person, I'm like, ah, never mind, you're fucked. <laughs> you're you're, great. A, you're, you're a fun person. You're okay. <laughs> it's the internet, man. It's terrible. Yeah. It's great and terrible all at once. Dude, the um, the whole at midnight hashtag wars. Oh, yeah. Those those can be fun. They can. And it's cool that they like, they use a lot of people's tweets like that yeah. I know. They use yeah. them on the show, so that's really cool. Yeah. I haven't watched the show. I've only watched one episode. But I've participated in it the hashtag war, like, a lot. It's cool that, like, obviously, like, the writers will help write a lot of the guests' stuff, which oh, is good. Yeah. 
there's not a lot of pressure on the people to be like really f- super funny on the spot. Yeah. But they still can like bring their own shit mm-hmm. and like bring their own stuff. It's a good idea. It's a really good concept. Yeah. It's a fun. But go to hell. <laughs> seriously. Like Chris Hardwick. Like go to hell. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna start. I'm just gonna start a like anti Chris Hardwick campaign. Just everyone fucking. I can't Chris Hardwick is too. You know what it is? He's too nice. His hair looks too good. He's like, what is he, 50? I used to want to do a joke about that, about because he has this whole nerdist thing and I wanted to do. I, I wanted to do this thing, but I'm like, how can I just like attack him? Like, he's like a very likable person. Yeah, yeah. But like this whole thing of like, oh, yeah, you're a nerd. Yeah, you're a nerd with your amazing looks and great hair. You've been, you were on MTV in the 90s and you want me to think you're a nerd? You're like the coolest guy in the fucking world. You've got a hot girlfriend. I think they just broke up. Had a hot girlfriend. Oh, but you're a nerd. People overuse this nerd thing. I was just thinking about this the other day. This is actually this is actually like a good joke. Okay. People like went at it, went too crazy with the nerd stuff. Yeah. Like, oh, I'm a football nerd. Oh. I'm a I'm a whatever. I'm a weightlifting nerd. No, you're not. You can't be. That's like the opposite of a nerd. Mm-hmm. But it, so I think it'd be funny to do the switch. Like, oh yeah, I'm like a Dungeons and Dragons. Dungeons and Dragons jock. <laughs> I'm a real, I'm a real fucking, uh, Hardcore. I'm a real HTML jock. <laughs> you can't do that. It doesn't work. You can't just cross over the words just because it means like the extreme version of one thing. I'm a prep if it comes to computer programming. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a real goth prep. <laughs> what? Goth? You can't. Um, Chris Hardwick had a, I saw him do the meltdown a couple weeks ago, mm-hmm. and he joked about himself. He was like, he's like, oh yeah, I'm such a nerd. He's like, my, my perfectly, like, messed up hair, like, I, I this is what he did? Yeah. Oh, that's good. Yeah, okay, then he's himself. already doing it. <laughs> he's like, I made it like this on purpose, you guys, to yeah. make it look like I just woke up. Uh, oh, oh, I'm so sloppy. Like, <laughs> dress amazing, and I'm on television. What a nerd. <laughs> So, how long have you been doing comedy? Comedy? For, for eight years? Like, since you moved out here? Or? Well, I guess I don't know my exact origin <coughs> point. When I was in college... Ooh, is there an origin story? No. <laughs> this is the closest to it. When I was in college, like, I've always been like a like a goofy guy. Like, that was always my fallback because I was uncomfortable with myself, like most people in comedy. Yeah. Um, so, in high school, I was just the guy that would like, do a face and a voice. Do a weird thing with my arms. Yeah. And people would laugh, so that's all I had. It's weird arm guy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I was also very, like, subdued in a weird way with that. Given that, I was still very, like, like, kind of, like, closed off okay. through high school. Um, so when I went to college, I was like, man, what was I doing? Like, fuck that. I want to, like, I want to break all that shit and, like, kind of, like, let my guard down and, like, be myself and just have fun. So when I went to college... Uh, and living in dorms, you turn on the TV, we had this public access channel there in this little town. I went to this small college in Oregon. Yeah. There's this public access channel. Turn it on late at night, and there's these two guys doing, like, their own, like, Conan O'Brien thing. Like, they had, like, a late-night show. Like, yeah, one yeah. host had a big desk, and then, like, a sidekick with little quips and a side chair. <laughs> and they'd do little sketches, and they'd have, like, guests interview. And it was terrible. <laughs> but I remember, I vividly remember thinking, like, man, this is really bad. But it's so cool that they're doing it. Uh, yeah, yeah. And I was in this mode of like, <laughs> like break out of your shell. Come on, do new things, make new friends. So I just, <coughs> me and another friend, me and another friend just like found like where they were, like their office, 
and we went and met with them, and we were like, hey, this is cool what you guys are doing, we want to, like, help out, we want to be a part of it. Yeah. And these guys were like, oh, okay, um, yeah, that'd be great, we could use some help, uh, we can't really pay you right now. And our reaction was like, whoa, do you guys get paid? <laughs> we were amazed that they even yeah, make money. Yeah. Uh, I wish they did. Um, but just to, like, manage, like, the school television yeah. studio yeah. and produce, like, one thing for the school a year. <laughs> Otherwise, they're just making their own shit. So I got into that. I would help them out for a year or two, and then I took over. What was the show called? Their show was called The Nan and Nelson Show. Okay. Those are their names. <laughs> Stupid, dude. They're lame. Uh, and then so once they kind of were done and they graduated, I took over and me and my friend started a show, which I'm embarrassed to say we called We're Not Canadian. That was the name of the show. Just uh -huh. so stupid. And we did, like... Was we, it true, though? You guys are not We definitely are not Canadian. Okay. Um, <laughs> and it was the same stuff. Like, we just did stupid sketches. Yeah, we we kind of didn't do, like, a late-night format with interviews, but just did really shitty sketches. And I'm embarrassed to ever show it to anyone again. But it was really Is fun it on to do. YouTube somewhere? No, no, no. It's all gone now. There was a, there was a moment where like in we my had first, a big fire. In we my first year or so out here, it was all still online. Oh. But the guy I did the show with was becoming a teacher, so he was doing his oh. student teaching, and these kids like found it. The kids he was teaching found it, and, and it was like, like it wasn't it wasn't it super vulgar, but there was some like not good shit yeah. that like a principal wouldn't want to see from one of his newest <laughs> teachers. So he called me one day. He called me one day and he was just like, "Take it down, take it down. We gotta delete it all. The kids found it." So I had to like call this other guy that like helped us make a website, and I'm like, "Delete it all. Get rid of it." Which, I'm glad it's gone now. But yeah, that was like the only thing I could think of doing like it was so much fun I got a business degree but I didn't want to like go like work at a bank like all my friends yeah. or like sell like loans or a mortgage broker or yeah, some like, shit so I was like well this is the only thing I enjoy and want to do I guess I just moved to LA so I just did that and how old were you when you moved to LA that was right after college so I was 22 okay. that was like August of 08 06 excuse me yeah. um, so that's why I just hit six years eight years these, these numbers are tough uh <laughs> Yeah, so I just moved to L.A., um, didn't really know what I was going to do, I was still pretty nervous and terrified of stand-up, um, but I knew I wanted to be in comedy in some capacity, so eventually I figured out how to just do this. Yeah. So I probably started, finally started stand-up maybe after about six months in L.A., okay. still within that first year, so still probably in, I guess that might have been in 07 by then, um, and I was miserable, and it was awful, and I was terrified every time. <laughs> I do okay from time to time now, but I still don't even perform that much. <laughs> but then I got into like writing shit and making some videos and stuff, and yeah, that was just yeah. more uh, rewarding and enjoyable. So the origin of um, this movie will require dinosaurs. Yes, that book that I wrote. <laughs> Sorry, no one can see the pose I just did. He, he hung his head a little bit. <laughs> on his, on his. I was just being cute. <laughs> <laughs> um, you wait. So you wrote all these. You were like writing all these scripts to like be like, oh, this is kind of a cool idea. Like, well, this could be something. Well, basically, how it happened. Um, here's that origin story. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, as I would try to just write real things. A screenplay, like any a, screenplay. Yeah, yeah. Even, like, a short film, even, like, a sketch. Specifically, I remember I tried to write a video. Me and my friends that I make videos with here and there, um, I had this idea. It was really stupid, but I knew it would be, like, fun and easy to shoot. I told them about it, 
like, oh yeah, that's funny, that's cool. And we knew like exactly what it would be, and we wanted it to be loose and riffed anyways. Yeah. But they were like, we all said like, let's just get a script just so we have something, so we know what we're working with, like just like a little skeleton to work off of. Yeah. It's like, yeah, okay, no problem, I can write that, that's nothing. <laughs> um, so when I sat down to try to write the script, I like, I couldn't even fucking start it. I couldn't, I literally, could, I started thinking like, well wait, where are we shooting this? Like, are we gonna shoot it in my apartment or at Sam's house? Are we both in the same room? Does one of us enter? Am I sitting? And all those dumb, I couldn't even write the first fucking line. And I was so annoyed with that. Because I knew exactly what it was going to be. And I was so annoyed that I couldn't even start it. Yeah. So I wrote, uh, interior, I don't know, an apartment. With like a question mark and everything. <laughs> On the scene heading? Yeah, interior, I don't know, an apartment. And then the first line was, uh, Kurt sits on a couch or whatever, maybe he's standing, it doesn't matter. <laughs> and then I just stopped there. And I thought that was so funny just by itself. Yeah. So I took a screen grab of the whole document, the final draft document, and I posted it on my personal Tumblr. And it got like a really f big response. People thought it was really funny. So then I realized like, oh shit, I could write, like, I could do this for days. I could just write these yeah, like little yeah. like first paragraph of a scene and just write it really bad and then give up. And like, oh, that could be like its own blog. Okay, let me see. So I spent like a month just seeing if I could write them like consistently. Yeah. Like I'll just see if I can write a lot. And if I can write a lot, I'll know I'll be able to post regularly. <laughs> so sure enough, I had after about a month, I had a good stock. I'm like, yeah, okay, I'm gonna do this. I'll do one more test. So I, I, wrote, I posted another one on my blog that was just uh, interior, my pants, the party is in full swing. <laughs> and that was the whole thing. <laughs> just the rest was just blank space. Posted that on my blog. Got real great response, like a hundred notes. It went wild. Uh, so I said, okay, yeah, this is good. <laughs> so then I started the blog. It was called Untitled Screenplays. And it was just, I would post something like that. For the first like three months, I posted every day of the week, yeah. which was stupid. Because uh, I got burnt out real fast. But I posted every day, got popular immediately, just kept getting more and more followers and messages and stuff. And then like within three months, we had a book deal. <laughs> wow, that's yeah. crazy. Literally from day I started the blog to the day the publisher made the offer was three months. <laughs> and then it took like a year to write it. Yeah. And finish it. To and now it's a book. <laughs> and now I'm sick of it and I can't even write them anymore. <laughs> I try to still post on the blog, but it's just garbage. <laughs> I think I used every joke I could possibly use. <laughs> now have you written other like scripts? That, like actual scripts? Yeah. Barely. <laughs> I still have never written a screenplay. Oh. But I've got a couple, like, pilots and yeah. fucking spec shit. I, yeah, I have some pilots and spec stuff. And Screenplays like, are impossible. I don't know how people yeah, do it. A feature? Like, a whole feature? It's awful. It's terrifying. How many pages? All I'm, all, all I'm running on now, I'm still trying to figure it out, and all I'm, <laughs> like, the only motivation I have left is this weird, like, t spin in my head of, like, okay, the fact that it's this hard for me to figure it out means that it's hard for a lot of people. Yeah. It means that only a few people are doing it right. Yeah. So if I actually really figure it out, I'll be in a pretty good spot. Does that make sense? Yeah, if yeah. I actually figure it out, I'll be in a small group of people that are actually writing good screenplays. Because yeah. I feel like once I have it, and once I figure out the you format, like, oh. and I can like pop them, like bust them out, you know, like yeah. really like write them regularly, I'm like, it'll be good. It'll be really good script. <laughs> I just have to figure out how to, how to format them? I don't know. The, the whole structure of it just like escapes me still. Because I can read a stupid book that says like, here are the eight beats of every screenplay. Yeah. I'm like, oh yeah, okay, that makes sense. But then I'm like, okay, but what about the fucking 20 pages 
30 pages in between those beats. What happens there? Yeah. How am I supposed to fill that time? You guys. What's the exposition? What do I do? It's all impossible. Uh, yeah, feature. You have to know the beginning, the middle, and the end. And like, for uh, for TV scripts, you can look forward to writing more with those characters, like spending more time with them. Yeah. And like, like, oh, we'll t we'll hit on that later. Yeah, and like, exactly. Yeah. Well, see, that's why, like, I want to figure out the screenplays because I like just telling one story. <laughs> the thought of having to keep writing stories within the same world is like, oh gosh, that's exhausting. <laughs> I, have to do, I have to do something else with these guys? So I just want to tell one story and forget about it. That's why I like short films. Mm -hmm. 10 to 13 minutes, that's all I need. And then never see those people again. <laughs> What's the longest a short film usually goes? I don't think it. I don't think there's a limit. I think you can go longer than tw twenty. I mean, features are ninety pages, so about ninety minutes, hour and a half. So I mean, forty-five minutes is still a short film, you could say. Dang. I think right. <laughs> yeah, I guess. That's half a feature. <laughs> They'd be like, this short film was kind of long. It's still sh it's still <laughs> half as long. Look, <laughs> like, I imagine they're never longer than like thirty though. Yeah. For the most part. Yeah. Because once you get to forty-five, like just fucking finish. <laughs> just make a real movie. <laughs> You're halfway there, making a full movie. Finish it. Gosh. <laughs> uh, um, so what? Uh, what's your favorite part about doing comedy? Favorite part about doing comedy? Mm -hmm. I don't know. Just it goes good. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I'm not sure. Because there's like the process. There's the performing it. There's the. Uh, very beginning process where you're just like thinking of I hate I hate the process <laughs> I think my favorite part about comedy is when it's over <laughs> and it went well having, some, having done once something has like like the moment something has gone well yeah <laughs> like at the end of a show that went really well <laughs> is like my favorite part <laughs> there's definitely moments where I'm on stage and I'm just in it and those are great that's probably I mean yeah. real, realistically the best part <laughs> when you're just feeling it and you can like there's no nerves like you're taking your time. I think it's the silent moment. The moments on stage, like in between jokes, and there's still some laughter going, yeah. and I'm silent and I'm just feeling it. Yeah. That's the best part. When I'm not, when it's like when I'm not terrified about like filling time and moving on and like keep talking. Yeah. When I can just like be there, that's tight. That's a good. Yeah. I do some like poems in my stand-up sometimes. Okay. And I think just the nature of like slowing down my speech and like getting a little quieter yeah. taking these beats makes people go uh, everybody just shuts up <laughs> and it's the best it's so powerful it's like the only thing in my I have in my stand up material that consistently does well <laughs> it's so it's like bones. half of my set every time I do a set these days um, but the first time <coughs> the first time I ever did it was at this old this show The Comedy Garage uh, Cornell Reed, Sean Green, Paul Danke, these mm. stand-up buddies of mine run. They do it all over the place now at different venues. Well, that's not true. They do it at Rafa's Lounge a lot right now. It's a little place on Sunset. But they used to do it. It used to be in a garage. They all, uh, a couple of the guys lived in this house together yeah. up in, like, Burbank. Yeah. And they would just, like, throw a house party, and everybody would be hanging out in the backyard, getting drunk, playing beer pong. Classic, like, just dumb idiots partying. And then after a couple hours of that, they just go, all right, comedy show. <laughs> and they do a comedy show in their garage 
for all these like drunk idiots, <laughs> and it was always really fun. But uh, the first time I ever did these poems in stand up was at that show, <laughs> and I remember being really nervous beforehand, like, what the fuck? I'm gonna do poems for these drunk idiots. Like they're gonna they're gonna tear me apart. They're not gonna listen. But once I was up there and I was doing them, and I like did like I was saying, like slow my speech, get a little quiet, a lot of beats. They just like. Just silence. You could hear a needle drop. And just that power was like fucking great. Yeah. The ability to just like control the crowd just with my speech. Yeah. And then still hit a punchline that gets a laugh. It was fucking great. I couldn't, I can't get enough of that. It doesn't always go that well. <laughs> I did uh, the open mic at Nerd Melt yesterday. Mm -hmm. And I did this joke that like, like is tested, like it works. But it didn't work as well yesterday, so I just like paused and was silent at the end of the joke and like looked around a little bit. Yeah. And then everyone laughed and yeah. I was like, "Okay, I like you." <laughs> yeah, it's like I don't know, like let it sink in. Obviously, there's obviously you have to have material. You have to write material. Yeah. But like, there's a lot to be said for just like honest emotions and sincerity. It sounds really cheesy, but like. At the, at, at the very base level, like, you just have to be, like, they have to like you. Yeah. They have to understand you. They have to be there with you. They have to feel your emotions or whatever, you know. They have to, they have to like you. They have to be with you. Mm -hmm. So, like, those little moments of, like, what? Why did, come on. <laughs> so, like, moments of sincerity can, like, really, come on, those are, those even are after a joke. bad joke, like, <laughs> they can, you can still kind of get it back, get the audience on your side. Yeah. Well, the worst is when um, someone's doing their comedy and it's going poorly and they're not commenting on it at all. They just keep pushing through. Yeah. Because that's when the audience pulls back and they go, uh, Yeah. Do they know we're not laughing? Yeah. Everyone just clenches up and you just feel it. Yeah, man, comedy can be the worst thing in the world sometimes. Oh, dude. There it's, was the. It's incredibly disheartening. <laughs> More often than it's <laughs> uplifting. There was an open mic I went to Friday, I think it was, and this guy was like trying to be Anthony Jeselnik, like, hmm. like Some trying to be like overly, overly offensive, like un humor. unapologetically over, overly right. offensive, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And um, it just wasn't going well. Yeah. And he just kept pushing through, did his whole five minutes. Yeah. Oh no no! I think he stopped before the light. He like stopped before the four minute light. Eh. Because it just was going terribly, and it was like, yeah, yeah stop doing yeah. what you're doing. Yeah. At one point, my heckle, I was going to heckle, and I was going to go, stop it! <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh, man, that's funny. That's a good, see, that's, oh. you're, you just reminded me, one of, maybe my best comedy story, I was, uh, there's this guy, there was, used to be this show a friend of mine ran out at this place, O'Brien's in Santa Monica, mm -hmm. uh, this guy, Mitch. Like, Hedberg. Yeah, Mitch Hedberg. That was his name. Uh, <laughs> it was my buddy Mitch. He, like, he wasn't really much. He wasn't really a stand-up, but he, he was a funny guy, and he liked comedy, so he would run. He used to run like, an open mic every week, and that's where I first met him. That's kind of where I first started. Mm -hmm. He was just a good buddy of mine. And then he started to run this like kind of once-a-month show at this, this place, O'Brien in Santa Monica. And it was always just like a fuck-around spot. Like He didn't care. He wasn't going to give anybody the light. He, it was just a place for him and his buddies to goof around, and yeah. he would always bring... like. 10 to 15 of his drunk co-workers 
they all worked at Duke's Malibu, way out the PCH in Malibu. Okay. So all these like servers and bartenders would just come and just get wasted and just like goof around. They were like a lot of obnoxious, but in a fun way. They weren't ever like trying to fuck with anybody or yeah. be a jerk. They were just like having a good time. So it was a blast. I had some friends like that. He, they yeah. were just like we would all go. Anytime we went, we'd all go and we'd do like 25 minutes each. Yeah. As long as we felt like we'd just go up and do as much as we wanted. Because Mitch wouldn't lie to us. He wouldn't care. He'd just let us do what we wanted and then we'd leave. And we'd just have fun. So then maybe a year, <coughs> year ago, a little over a year ago, he uh, was doing his last show because he moved back to Oklahoma, mm. where he's from. And we all hadn't been there in a while. And we felt bad about it. We're like, it's Mitch's last show. We got to make it out. Let's go. So we all go out. Uh, me and like three or four other comedy buddies. Same as always, we're all doing like our 20 to 25 minutes. I'm like third or fourth on stage, and there's these other guys that had come, uh, like some comedy store guys that showed yeah. up. Yeah. Uh, I knew one of them, Johnny LaQuasto, he's a really cool guy. Uh, the other two guys I didn't really know. Um, and then while I'm up there, I'm like third or fourth, I'm like f at least 15 minutes in. It's going mediocre at best, but I don't care, I'm just fucking around. <laughs> uh, and I finish the joke, doesn't really get much of a laugh, I start to go into something else. I start to go into something else. All of a sudden, in the back, this guy just goes, "Get off!" And I just go, "What? Get off?" He says, uh, "Get off or be funny. I'm next." <laughs> and I was so shocked, and I just go, "I just go, you got it." And I just drop the mic. <laughs> I say, "You got it." Drop the mic right there and just walk right off stage. And he just immediately takes the stage. Like I walk past him as he goes to just take the mic, and then I just like. It's a little room like in the back of a bar, which yeah. is like a curtain separating the main bar area. Yeah. So I just like walk straight out to the main bar and like sit at a uh, stool just to like collect myself. I'm like, what just happened? <laughs> what did that guy do? How did I handle it? Did I handle it okay? <laughs> you know what? Yes, I love the way I handled it. Okay, I'm all right. Whew, taking a breath. Uh, and then uh, within a couple minutes, a buddy of mine that was in there, Alan Strickland Williams, uh, he comes walking out with this crazy look on his face. <laughs> And he's just like, that's the guy from that other show we did. Because one time that guy, Mitch, that runs this show, yeah. he had a show at the Belly Room at the Comedy Store. Yeah. And um, a bunch of like, the guy that helped him get it was like, hey man, here's this guy, this guy, so-and-so, you should let him open your show. He's great, this and that and this, like give him credits. Like, he's really funny, you should have him open the show for you. Okay, sure. So he goes. And it was like one of the worst, most like aggressive, angry, uh. upsetting sets I've ever seen. And all I remember was his go-to bit was uh, he was saying like, as a man, as men, it's our job to eat pussy. That's our only job. And yeah, it was just yeah. awful, and we were just disgusted. Uh. Like, and then anytime someone made a, even the slightest peep, he would just attack. He was going after like the women in the front row. It was just awful. So sure enough, at this show at O'Brien's, I'm sitting out in the bar like collecting myself. <laughs> Alan comes walking out, and he's like, that's the guy from the comedy store. That's the eat pussy guy. <laughs> I couldn't believe it, and of course he did terrible, yeah. and didn't like it. Um, but afterwards, he like tried to approach me, like, hey man, listen, here's where I'm coming from. And I couldn't believe it, I was so mad, I'm like, no, get away from me, <laughs> yeah. I don't want to talk to you. But he still, he tried to like plead his case. And like, honestly, more than anything, I was very annoyed by like, how rational he was being. <laughs> he actually was being very polite, and like really trying to like lay out his point. He wasn't technically Because he wrong. wasn't being polite before. He wasn't technically wrong. He was like, listen, like you gotta like, you gotta know like when to get in, when to get out, like do your six, seven minutes, get out of there, like treat the audience, this and that and this. So he wasn't technically wrong on like a lot of the stuff he was saying about how to perform and how to like, 
kind of like give an audience a good show. Yeah. But also, fuck off. You don't shout that at another performer. Yeah. And you don't know what this is. <laughs> if you would have been here for the last four years like we were, you'd know that this is what we do every time. Yeah. We just fuck around and we have fun. So, like, go to hell. All I remember is the last thing I said to him was, uh, I don't like you, you're not my friend. That was the last thing I Did said to him. Did you walk away after that? He gave a very, he, he gave a very understanding shrug. He just goes, yep, all right, and walked away. <laughs> he just totally accepted it and said, you got it. And, and that was the end. Again, very annoyed by how, like, rational he was being. That <laughs> jerk. Do you remember his name? I don't. don't and I, I wouldn't, yeah, I wouldn't don't, want yeah. to spread it anyway. So. I would ask you for the name after. Yeah, I don't think <laughs> I even know it. No, I looked him up afterwards. Again, like, he was like, oh, you fucking see Jenny Mace guy. <laughs> Why the hell did he do that? Uh, so who knows? He's just angry, I think. Yeah. So speaking of that type of show, um, I I ran a comedy show out of my apartment down in San Diego County mm -hmm. in Vista mm -hmm. um, because there was nothing of comedy. Like you'd have to drive forty minutes south or forty minutes north. Yeah. To to go anywhere to own any open mic and it sucked really bad because I didn't have any money. Yeah. And so I was like. Well, screw this! I've got my amp. I've got a microphone. I've got some chairs. I'm gonna bring the comics to me. There you go. And on the nights when it was like four or five comics, I wouldn't light them. I was just like, just go to whenever, just mm. whatever. So some people did like 20 minutes. Some people did 25. Some people did like four, 15, <laughs> like whatever. Yeah. Some people did like four, like yeah. weren't ready. And um. And it was cool to have that freedom to just like stretch your legs yeah. and like get it. Yeah. It's fun. Like, whatever. Yeah. Like, it's not going to be good anyway. It's just like, yeah. you don't have to fit this perfect little eight minute set. Like, fuck off. Let's, but just, then, let's like, just figure it out. Let's just mess around. Yeah. But then also, when you have that time to stretch your legs, you can get some good material out of there. You're yeah, like, you oh, that could be something. Like, yeah. 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 Yeah, exactly. It's, it's, it's helpful. It can be brutal for an audience to watch, maybe. But whatever. Like, <laughs> Who knows? Even if I did five, you might have hated it also. So. But it's called Our Apartment Comedy Show, and I'm going to bring it to this room. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> How are you going to fit people in here? I mean, I've got, the, I think three people could fit there easily. Mm -hmm. i got more chairs over there. Okay. Would you move anything out of here? Yeah. Uh, the, what about your styrofoam collection? Does that stay? I mean, I'm going to move some of that. Yeah. <laughs> But that, but that's like not in the way. You guys hear all this styrofoam? <laughs> There's a lot of styrofoam. <laughs> you hear it? Is that reading? He's <laughs> got a lot that's, of styrofoam. That top styrofoam thing is uh, for D and D. Oh really? Yeah. See, I saw. That's why I said D and D earlier because I saw yeah, your large. <laughs> 12 sided, 18 sided die. How many sides? 20 sided. 20 sided. The only reason I almost know that is from. Uh, Wet Hot American Summer. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's a twenty-sided die. Hold it right at the camera. I'm gonna, I'm gonna turn. That's just a novelty thing, right? They're much smaller. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is just for kicks. Uh, but I'm gonna turn this one into my gear shift knob for my car. Oh, that's great. That's really yeah. good idea. Gonna have the twenty up on top. Uh, so for you listeners out there, he's got four of these novelty-sized twenty-sided <laughs> die that are. Uh, a little bit smaller than a tennis ball, <coughs> yeah. I say it would be a good comparison, like a handball size. Uh, and they're super gay. Like he's probably a loser. <laughs> and uh, he's got all four of them facing the exact same direction. Thirteen up. So twenty is up. Well, because the, the thirteen one facing out. Sorry. <laughs> 
because if you roll a 20, that's a critical. Oh, that's a critical? Yeah. What is a critical? It's like the... So whatever... <laughs> Did you pick that up? Did you get my snore? <laughs> whatever damage your guy can do, mm -hmm. uh, if you roll a 20, they do the maximum amount of damage. What's your character? Are you the same every time? No. You can change? You can yeah, choose you different can, things? Like, make new character, backstory, and like... But you kind of choose that from the beginning every time, right? It doesn't develop over a game? Right. Yeah. It's, you can get but, more powerful over a game. Yeah. But you always start as like an orc or a fucking yeah. woman. Or, um, <laughs> right? You can be a woman. Or an elf or like a... Yeah. Is uh, orc an option? Uh, half orc is an option. Yeah. <laughs> you, yeah. I could have just said like, oh, I don't know, monster. <laughs> You went Lord. specific. I'm Lord of the Rings. <laughs> <laughs> They're ugly. Uh, but yeah, D&D. D&D is a lot of fun. Um, I, I like, it's I it's it. storytelling at its best. And I get it. I'm never going to do it. I get it. It's, I don't want to wait. I don't have it's, it's, uh, yeah, it's a It's a time sink. Yeah. But it's like, it's like once a week. For like six hours. For a day. <laughs> One day a week, full day. <laughs> I remember when I was in college, freshman year of college, all the kids in my hall, my buddies. The kids in the hall. Kids in the hall, yeah. They were all there. <laughs> but uh, they had like a, a risk phase. They played risk. Oh. Uh, so they set it up in like the community table area. Oh, like a little, you know, a little set of chairs and a table in the middle of our little hall. We'll just leave it out, and they'd like play like for hours at a time every day. And I didn't want to play, but like I wanted to hang out. Yeah. And they're all busy over playing this game. So I specific <laughs> one night, like because they would just leave it out and then like pick up the next day. So one night, <laughs> no one was around. I came home. I think I was drunk or something. I came walking back to the dorm, and nobody was around. And I saw it was sitting up there. And I just went over and just fucked everything up. I just like tossed everything off the table. Messed up all their pieces. It's a really shitty thing to do. <laughs> but I think we went back to playing Halo. Hey, but that's the a, risk they took. We went back to playing Halo the next day. Like I wanted to do. I just wanted to play King of the Hill. We played all the dumb games on Halo. King of the Hill and Capture the Flag. <laughs> yeah, risk. I, uh, yeah, when, when people are like, oh, you play board games? What, like Monopoly and stuff? I'm like, no. Like the, like the Firefly and Arkham Horror and Battlestar Galactica, like, those are games that are, like, pretty in-depth. Yeah. Arkham Horror, it's everyone against the game. Hmm. So, like, all these monsters are popping up from portals that are opening up throughout the city. And yeah. Can... Is that Gotham? Arkham? Uh, that's where they got Arkham. Yeah. That's where Batman... Arkham Asylum. Yeah, the yeah. Arkham Asylum, yeah. Okay. Um, but that, this, um, lore is from, like, Cthulhu and, like, all that from, like, the 20s. Hmm. And, uh... 1920s. Yeah. Cool. And, um, no, the 2020s. <laughs> it's from the future. future. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Year 20. <laughs> you know, the year 20, 22, yeah. around there. <laughs> this could be. Who knows? <laughs> it could be any point. But you're trying to prevent the ancient one, whichever of the big ass monsters that it is. Yeah, Gandalf. From uh, yeah, from being summoned, and then you have to fight him and. Fight Gandalf. Yeah. Just a lot of Gandalf. It's uh, Gandalf yeah. and Firefly the game too, right? Yeah. Yeah, Gandalf's Gandalf in that one. is in Battlestar Galactica. Gandalf is in Battlestar. Yeah. <laughs> he was the head robot alien. <laughs> what <is it> called? <laughs>
Oh, Cylon. Cylon. I've seen those, by the way. I make fun. I'll make fun of it all day long. <coughs> Galaxy Firefly, Battlestar Galactic. It's good. I get it. Yeah. It's just like gay. <laughs> I'm gonna see. I'm really. I'm really. I'm on the. I'm on the edge. I'm like. I'm really like testing my limits, seeing like how much I can get away with like. Yeah. Saying gay sometimes and like somehow not offending people. I feel like if you're just like silly enough people like don't get offended yeah. sometimes yeah. I know I'm close and people are gonna get mad <laughs> soon because I've been I've been goofing too much it's but when you it's when you have like the harsh tone when you say it that's when people are like yeah. dude I think we're at a point we're close we're at a point now where like okay obviously you're not trying to be offensive and you're almost like the joke is like it's dumb for people to use gay as a like a slur it's dumb for yeah. people to use it as a mean word yeah so to almost jokingly use it as a meme. Like, that's the joke. Yeah. Like, it's like, it's stupid. Who would do that? It's like, I don't know. I'm just running in circles now. I'm digging just, my hole. You're just, you're just being a little gay. Yeah, I'm a queer. <laughs> Queers are cool, dude. I don't care. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm going to get myself in trouble very soon. <laughs> no, they'll, they'll, be, they'll be cool with it. Yeah. Um... Okay, so there are there are three questions I usually ask. Let's see. Okay. I did. What's your favorite part about doing comedy? Yeah. Um, what? Hang on. I haven't written down. I just try not to look at them. Mm. Oh. Oh. What's well, like a dream, uh, like gig or something for you? Dream gig. Especially <coughs> these days, I just how love just be an actor. Like, I know there's a very, there's a still strong possibility that I can have a career in writing. Mm -hmm. But, like, the more I think about it, like, just to be an actor, it's so much more fun <laughs> and easier. And just, like, being on set is so much fun. I just really want to be in movies. So that's pretty much it. Mm -hmm. I just love to act in movies. And it doesn't matter in which capacity. I don't need to be a star. I don't need to be, like, you know, Chris Pratt in Guardians of the Galaxy. Like, I don't need to be that awesome hero. Yeah. I'd be Chris Pratt in fucking Parks and Rec. That's like a dream job. <laughs> yeah. You want a specific dream gig, it's Chris Pratt in Parks and Rec. <laughs> Just the fucking lovable doof. <laughs> or anything Danny McBride's ever done. Yeah. I want to play every role Danny McBride's ever played. <laughs> uh, but yeah, man, I just like acting. It's fun. And to be able to act and just be like a, either an asshole or a complete idiot <laughs> is the most fun roles to play. <laughs> I don't want to be like a straight man. You know, it's probably where I'm headed. <laughs> I just want to play an idiot or a piece of shit. <laughs> so comedy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Uh, um, what do you do for work now? Nothing right now. What? I don't have a job. Okay. I was delivering pizza for the last three years, uh, but I got the last check for that book. Got a few other bucks here and there for some like writing and acting stuff. Yeah. So I'm just. Well, I haven't worked since you're like July. I quit my job at the end of July. The pizza job? Mm-hmm. Okay. So I've just been like, I got a few little things here and there, and I'm just seeing how long I can make it without having to get another part-time job. <laughs> Hopefully I never have to. Just keep booking little shit and, like, surviving. Because <laughs> then I'm just free to do whatever I want to. Yeah. Today. That's that's part of the dream, is, like, being able to yeah. being able to just be like, because I left a cushy job yeah. to, to move up here. I was finally able to, like, save up a chunk, and, like, I'm moving off some savings right now. And then... Um, but yeah, like just to just to be like, okay, yeah, just be free. work this job, this yeah. job, like whatever. And that's the that's the ideal part about acting too. Like I, don't, I never like I'm not one of those people that has to always be working. 
and the concept of being a, an actor, it's like, okay, I'll go do like, like a, a spot on a TV show this week, and then like a month later, I'll hopefully be in a movie, and like, I can work like one week a month, it'd be awesome. <laughs> I'd still be making more money than like everybody I know. <laughs> I gotta be good at it, though. Rub rubbing their stupid we'll faces. See. Yeah, rubbing their goddamn faces. <laughs> It can all go to hell. Pieces of shit. <laughs> so that's, <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. Oh man. So, yeah, book deal. Yeah. So when book number two coming out? Probably never. <laughs> I can't imagine it'll happen. I mean, the book would either need to like sell really well, <laughs> which I don't think it is, or get like a bunch of like cool buzz and like people are like like important people or something yeah. or like into. He did air quotes. And there's been a couple things, like, <laughs> he did a fun NPR interview for it. Okay. And a few people, a few cool people we sent it to have said they liked it, which has been fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's probably not likely. Because, be, I mean, it's not like I'm a name that anyone's going to remember. So you would either have to capitalize on, like, the screenplay nature of, like, the cover and the title. I do have an idea that would make, like, the second book would be a full screenplay about Dino Velocicoppers. Oh, yes. It would be a full screenplay about <laughs> dinosaurs that are cops. So then it could be this... The whole the whole book would be the full screenplay, and the title would be This Movie Will Definitely Require Dinosaurs. Oh. So then it's a play. Like, people would write, Oh, yeah, this is this be a, a follow-up from that <laughs> other one I saw. So people, it would just be, like, almost exactly the same title, almost exactly the same cover. So people would might recognize it. Yeah. And that's the only way I could see another book being at all worth it for a publisher. <laughs> but I can't imagine that will happen at this point. <laughs> they probably could give a and shit. the writing style would stay the I same. I should try still. Yeah. But it'd be a full screenplay. That's what's interesting. Yeah. It'd be fun to write a full screenplay in this guy's <laughs> shitty, he doesn't know what he's doing style. But would it be around the same amount of pages as the current? Or would it be like short? I guess it'd be shorter because it'd yeah. be a screenplay. So it'd be like 190, you know? <laughs> And then it gets made, and then you're directing this. Well, thing. it would be amazing. The dream, the dream is, I get to do that one. That one does well, and then I just keep getting to write bad screenplays and publishing them as books. So I just that becomes my whole career writing bad screenplays as books. That'd like, be an amazing career. Like, remember this joke you started like five years it's ago? My life now. Keep doing it. Yep. I actually probably couldn't do that. Still, I can't write like that now anymore. It gets old. Who knows? <laughs> oh man, let's see how long we've been gone. A little over an hour. Nice. Not bad. Do you uh, do you have anything to plug? Do you have the uh, what's your Twitter? Um, plug? Yeah, Twitter at Kurt Neal. Instagram at Kurt Neal blog, Untitled Screenplays, book, This Movie Will Require Dinosaurs. That's all you need to know. This Movie Will Require Dinosaurs. Buy it now. Amazon.com, Barnes & Noble, uh, any local bookstore. Uh, just fucking buy it. And like, I don't know. Stop being a jerk. Other than that, go to hell. Sounds fair. I mean, sure. He's I got a point. That. I deserve that. I should go to hell. I should go to hell. <laughs>
Well, this has been good, man. Yeah, thanks for having do me. You have any, uh, do you have any closing statement, closing remarks? Yeah, yeah, um, go to hell. <laughs> <laughs> like, thanks for nothing and go to hell. <laughs> That's all I have. This has been you and me and thoughts and talk with Doug Culp and, uh, and Kurt Neal. And Kurt Neal. Go to hell. <laughs>